Hello and welcome back to the A3 Footy Podcast. My name is Alex Catalano and we are finally at the biggest game of the season, Alex Miller. The grand final for the AFLW is just around the corner. I'll tell you what, Cat, exciting time of the year as always. Uh, look, what a great couple of games we just had last yeah. weekend. And um, look, we got some awards, our favourite time of the year, get the uh, worst and best on with the dress. And a great a great night it was uh, Monday. So, yeah, can to get stung in this episode as always. Absolutely, Alex Doherty. We've got a monster of an episode. W Awards were just on, on Monday. We've just had the prelims, the grand finals coming up on Sunday. There's that much to tackle this week. Yeah, I know. Good luck trying to cram it in in about an hour, an hour or so, Cat. But tell you what, it's one of the best times of the year, isn't it? The uh, the end of the season. It's been it's been a cracking finals, hasn't it? And uh, two prelims that have delivered, and then some, Cat. And uh, very keen to quickly get stuck into these before we get into the big stuff. Absolutely. Well, prelims. Uh, first up, boys, we've got to look back at the the weekend past because two major results. Obviously, Miller, we've got the the Roos and the Lions through to the granny, but they both had to really do it the hard way. And Brisbane, especially uh, Geelong, were pushing them all the way through in this game. And I think was it if it weren't for Shannon Campbell getting slung down in the last quarter into the forward line. Uh, they might not even be in the grand final. Very true, Cat. Very true indeed. I mean, the Cats had a great final series. Oh, I think their, their back end of the year was very interesting. It was very patchy. We were worried about them heading into uh, November, and they've d- done really well. They've done really well, and I think it's just a group that we, we talk about a lot with Geelong that this group of players just needed that finals experience. Um, they've got some players that have been through it before, but it's it's a good effort. But, yeah, Brisbane had to grind it all the way to the end, and, I think they um, did really well, the Lions, in clearance stock. The big thing was they got dominated in the ruck. You know, John 51 hit us to 30, but they still, Brisbane won the clearances, and that speaks to their midfield depth, which we've talked so much about. We've got some exciting votes get us later, but it's just led by, I think, Ellie Anderson and her standards around contests. She, she was just huge again on the weekend. Yeah, look, it was it was another one of those games where you half expected Brisbane to grind it out, but even when they had Dakota Davison go down with that injury, uh, just before three-quarter time, we sort of sensed it was in Geelong's hands in a respect because without their star key forward, who's sort of almost carried their forward line in a respect uh, this year, mm. who was going to get the job done? And, you know, when Ashton Maloney kicked that goal last quarter, they put, they got themselves up. It was like, right, let's see what they can do holding on to this lead because I didn't think they were going to kick another goal. No. I think I think at that point, all the petrol tickets were spent. Um and that's not a knock on Geelong. I think they'll learn from that uh, next year. Uh, I think what we've seen and what we've learned out of Geelong this year is that they can honestly put it up with the best. And we've seen we we saw that do it to Melbourne, albeit they were in very bad form last week and the week before where they torched Essendon for a half. Uh, so it's just it's just finding that next step. And I think they just need to get a little bit more extra fitness in heading into next year because. We've seen the players like George Prisparkas, Nina Morrison, Amy McDonald all have really, really good games uh, in among the congestion. And the forward lines really clicked, even with Chloe Shear sort of not at her mm. best and not at 100%. Yeah. You know, Ashley Maloney's been a revelation. Jackie Parry's had a much improved year. And, 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 players like, and players like Kate Sermon have injected something into that forward line. So they find, they find an extra, extra layer of fitness next year. I think the Cats can, can really push for a grand final berth. 
Yeah, and we saw that in the last quarter, you know, players, especially senior experienced players, making uncharacteristic turnovers. They had those two out on the fools coming out yeah. of the back line, which, you know, Geelong hasn't been playing sloppy like that basically all season. Even even when they did have their down games, they're still a very um, clean, good ball use team. So, um, look, it is something they'll learn from. But, yeah, just the, the tenacity of Brisbane Miller to stay in this game and, We'll talk about um, this young lady in the votes, I'm sure, all of us. But uh, I said it, I reckon I said it about a month ago now, but I said Beldors was a big game player, Miller, and she has just kept showing up in this final series. And I think this might be one of her career best games so far. I think so, Kat. I'm going to go out and say that I think Isabel Dawes is one of the most, if not the most underrated player in the comp. In terms of her work, she doesn't get talked about enough. I think in terms of what she does for Brisbane, in terms of making their tick, not just the little things on on game days when she's not the star, but when she needs to step up, she's the player they look to. And she's the one that gets the group up and about and lifts them. And as you said, it's sort of a hard to say coming of age because she's still so bloody young because she's just been so important, I think, for them all finals. And I I think a lot of the Brisbane players – um, can really hold their heads up high in terms of their effort through the whole series. And I, I think Orla, another one of your favourites, oh. Kat, she, she was huge. Again, yeah, I, I think her work rate is incredible. 560 metres gain is the big thing that jumps out from all her stats. The, the, the amount of territory she covers, Kat, is just untapped, I think. And another goal for her as well, Doc. She's been hitting the scoreboard this final series um, quite amazingly and, and really all season. Um, she's... You know, she's finding goals, which Sophie Conway's been really big on that um, for the Lions, but all has added that to her game too now. I think I think I said it maybe two, two three seasons ago. Once all starts kicking goals, you watch out. She's going to be unstoppable. And, and she started doing just that. Yeah, well, first of all, on Bell Doors, I think everyone of us here thought of, would have thought at the start of the year with Emily Bates leaving, uh, that was a massive hole in their midfield. We thought we all thought Bell Doors was going to be that player that stood up uh, in that absence and you know it's taken a little bit of time to get going but her last month has been nothing short of incredible with all the Dwyer cat I think you're you, you bang on just her, her last month as well in particular has just been incredible it's almost like we've seen her go up another level with in terms of her impact with the ball in terms of being able to garner meterage with the ball and being able to have impact on the scoreboard as well so yeah she she's become it she's almost turned into 2021 all the road wire where she just completely blitzed the field with with her skills on the wing uh just what just want to think as well i thought forward line wise especially with dakota davidson still we don't know what's going on with her at the moment but um uh, the news is positive i think there's a lot of other players there that can that can really lift around the uh, the forward line for Brisbane. I think Charlotte Mons had an excellent season. Yeah. Um, great particularly in the forward in the forward half. Her her pressure has been absolutely elite. And Courtney Hodder as well. I mean yeah. in terms of scoreboard impact, she's not delivering on that, but what she adds defensively more than makes up for it. I think she's one of the one of the best tacklers inside fifty. She's certainly one of the best tacklers in the comp and another eight in this game as well. Along with a goal with nine touches as well. So I'm not expecting her to be a three goal per game or two goal per game player, um, but you you give her the you give her the ability to pressure and harass players. The goals come anyway. 
Her leadership as well, Doc, is very important. I think she's a sort of a steadying head for the Brisbane group. And it's what they've got, Kat. They've got the great blend. They've got the experience. They've got the young players coming through. They've got the players that have achieved the individual stuff at the highest level. And they're just doing their roles for the team. And as we said, Geelong gave them a good run. But but Brisbane's class, I still think, is something that's pushed them hard. Jade Allen, you talked about a couple of weeks ago, Kat. She's really responded. And then some, as you said, since she was dropped, she was really huge as well, yeah. I thought, on the weekend. Yeah, she didn't. She only had 14 touches, which by the standards she said over the past month, she can certainly do more than that. <laughs> but very important, all those touches. Yeah. I thought she had so many of those rebounding runs out of defence that was um, fantastic. Brie Conan holding down the fort when Campbell got moved up forward. I thought she did a really good job as well. Um, there's just not much you can fault. Um, Jenny Dunn as well. I, 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 mean, I can't, can't not mention Jenny Dunn here, boys. Uh, Maloney had a, a fair outing. She kicked a goal, but only the two marks. With the form that she's been in, Doc, um, I thought Dunn did an incredible job on her. She's been an unsung hero this year, hasn't she? Uh, her and Poppy Bolts, particularly in that back half, because as we said earlier, Shane Campbell's been trialled more as a forward this year, and we've actually seen Bree Conan play a little bit more in the midfield as well. So mm. that means it has to have uh, some magnets changed around and some players integrated into the system, and done certainly been a, a revelation this year. I think she's played nearly every game, hasn't she? Uh, yeah. It's good, good faith in her from staffs, really. I mean, I've, I've talked about that a fair bit this year. You can see the difference in the coaches who um, give these kinds of players coming into the team these roles. And Louth has done that really well with Maloney as well this year, especially being a key yeah. forward. You know, yeah. it's not something that, that's easy to come into the AFLW and just suddenly do that. Um, but she's done excellently. And uh, I can't fault Geelong. You know, the midfield was great again. Prasparks and Morrison, two really, really good games. McDonald maybe a little bit lower on her output than, than normal. Um, but I think they're getting there. They're getting very, very close to that finished product of what this team can be. And I think come next season, you'd be saying they're another chance at the flag, Geelong, if if they can just, yeah, get that extra step like they didn't this time around. Um, let's talk votes, boys, because uh, it's going to be a very, very hotly contested field. And I know, Doc, you were saying that there's going to be a few players still in the mix here that can take it out come granny day. Um, start us off, mate. Who have you gone with your, your 3 2 on here? Yeah, I'll start with one vote, and it goes to Nina Morrison. Uh, I thought uh, she was probably the, the best cat on the ground. Uh, she had the 20, she had the uh, the 20 disposals, the 15 contested possessions, six intercepts, and nine clearances. I thought she was an absolute force. She's been an absolute force all, all final series, so she's had a, an admirable effort. Uh, Nina Morrison, one of our lovely favorites. Um, we gave the two votes to Orla O'Dwyer, as we've said. Her offensive abilities in this game was almost, almost unrivaled on a wing and kicked one goal, had about 20-odd touches and, and 500-odd metres gained as well, which was an absolute, absolute menacing game on the wing. <coughs> Excuse me. And I gave the three votes to Bell Doors, boys. Who else? Who else could it be? Who else could it be? She, she has just lifted and then some. 21 disposals, 18 contested, along with eight clearances and 14 tackles. She was a, it was a great two-way performance. It was, a, it was a game tailor-made for the inside players. I think I think a lot of the outside runners really struggled to get get their hands on the ball in this game because they couldn't really because the because the insiders couldn't get it out. Um, <laughs> except for Orla, Doc. Except for Orla, because uh, Orla knows best. Um, <laughs> but but that's my three-two-one. Beautiful, Miller. Who have you got here? 
I've gone one vote, Kat, for Jackie Parry. I thought she was really good for Geelong. Was you know important structurally more than anything. Kicked two goals as well. Seven disposals, three marks, three tackles. I thought she played a very good game. Two votes had to be to Orla, the um, the Irish gem. She was bloody good. Uh, one goal, one. More importantly, as you said before, Kat Ben hit the scoreboard. So that's that's naughty. Um, and three votes. Well, it was it was sort of tough because there was only one person I could give it to, and I wanted to give it to others. But is Isabel Dawes? I mean, what she's done you see, in the contest work: fourteen tackles. I mean, she's just a brick house. She's a bloody gun. We love her, and uh, she gets my three votes. Huge, yeah, very very well deserved from Bell Dawes here. Uh, well, I've gone with all Lions here, boys. It's it's tough. It's tough on Geelong. They had a really Jeez. good game, but there were three Lions I picked out that I thought were better than anyone else on the field. Uh, one vote goes to Shannon Campbell, gentlemen. Uh, when you good. come and you're the absolute mercenary, the gun for hire, we've, we've uh, dubbed her in the, the chat as of this week, when you can just pop into the forward line like that and win the game as coolly as you like, uh, you certainly get in the votes. But she was great. Um, behind the ball throughout the rest of the game as well. So she gets in there. Uh, two votes, like you boys, I've gone with Orla. And three votes, Bell Dawes takes the clean sweep of threes this week. Uh, oh, she, oh, maximum she, votes. Big, big game player, boys. Big game player. She just shows up. She shows up in finals. Uh, this is what she's going to be from now on. And that expectation, it's there. So uh, go on, Dawesy. Have a huge granny as well. Uh, we'll move on to North and Adelaide, gentlemen. Another absolute pearl, a huge weekend in the prelims. We really couldn't have asked for anything better, I think, Doc. And uh, both these teams showed up. They came out to play, I think, similar to the other game. They both had moments where we thought, yep, this team's home, or yep, they're going to get it done. Um, I thought North did the better job at setting the tone early, and ultimately that's what won them the game. Defensively, they were outstanding. They were brilliant. Uh, in their qualifying final as well, but um, they backed it up, and you know we've banged on about them being the best defensive team all year long. This is why. Absolutely, I, I think if you look at you look at the uh, watch back the replay, Miller. I think that first half pretty much won North Melbourne the game. I, I thought their tackle pressure was outstanding. The way they set the ball up was uh, set the, set up the defense behind the ball was elite. Um, and the way Adelaide sort of carried themselves in that first mm. half, it was almost as if they were, you know, scared to bloody do anything with it. You know, a lot of the times they were fumbling the ball around, you know, a lot of easy kicks, sideway kicks when either a metre too short or it was fumbled. You know, that that's perceived pressure and North Melbourne are absolute queens at, at setting the pressure. Uh, and again, they were absolutely outstanding in this one. Dominated the contested possessions, dominated the clearances, pretty much from the word go, and um, their forward, forward line cohesion was absolutely outstanding. Talia Randall, boys. Just, <laughs> I, I, I said maybe, what, a couple of years ago that you know the move to the forward line looked really, really good. I think she could win a, a, a league goal-kicking medal. Maybe it was two, two seasons too soon, but she has just absolutely lit it up this year, and she's actually – her kicking for goal has improved so much in comparison to what happened 12 months ago, 18 months ago. Two years ago, yep. even you know, even going back to round one in Tassie, where you know I called that game on on Wolf Radio, and she missed about three or four easy <laughs> easy shots on goal, and uh, she she has really worked hard on that on that forward line craft, and it really show, it's really showing it at the right time of the year. Well, I'm on the board though with what you said, Kat, is that the defense won the game. I mean, they just stood up so well. 
as you said, the week before as well, they've just been so good as a unit, not just the back line, but the midfielders as well. And I think that it's something that's probably put them in good stead for a lot of the year. I think that we were questioning what North could do forward of the ball and their big thing is they've been able to lock teams down. And it's credit to um, Crocker and the coaching staff. I think they've really looked at what <coughs> this group can excel at and do well. And um, I think he's done really well. I think the the big thing is that Everyone's knowing their roles and limitations. No one's trying to do too much. And it's just the role players. I mean, I think um, Bellaretti, we've talked about all year, is a, is a big one. Gat as well. Uh, Jesse Fer- uh, Ferguson, what else can we say? Oh, Ferg. Uh, my God. She's, <laughs> Lulu Puller, um, again, Miller. Another yeah. really good game for her in the finals. Maybe, maybe Lulu Puller's, uh, mate, what, what, are they, what are they feeding them up in Brisbane? Because these... These players come out of there or playing in there and they just perform on the big stage. Her kicking was great, Kat. It was really, really good. Yeah, she Craig, just... Craig, Craig Sarsovich paddock. <laughs> he's, he's absolutely training these players <laughs> in some kind of way because, geez, she was good. But um, I've I got to give the Crows, you know, a, a big shout-out too for um, another team that was once again um, tipped to, to maybe drop down the ladder and they got all the way to this point. They finished on top of the ladder um, they were also, once again, a kick away from getting themselves into the grand final. Um, we need to be talking about Anne Hatchard's screamer uh, every single oh. day of every single week for the rest of time, Doc, because uh, that is just absolutely <laughs> ridiculous that you can just pull that out when there's a final to be won and a grand final spot on the line. She just goes for the biggest ride of her life. And, and keep in mind, Kat, it was about three minutes to go in the game. so uh... well, The legs wouldn't have been feeling great at that point. No, and she still manages to soar about as high as Gary Moorcroft. So, uh, no, that was a that was a freakish mark. And, and look, uh, we should be talking about that. It'll be the greatest mark we've seen in, in AFLW for a long, long time, I think. Uh, just a terrific sit. Um, yeah, look, I think the Crows would have – I had the Crows around this mark. I think they were easily going to make the top four. I think, it was, I think they'd be very disappointed with how it finished. I mean, obviously they finished – as the reigning premiers, uh, didn't get the job done up in Brisbane against the line. Uh, sorry, at home against Brisbane, um, and that probably is where it all sort of set in motion. I mean, they obviously responded against Sydney, but yeah, they, they'll, they'll be very disappointed because they had their opportunities inside fifty. You know, granted, you know they they got belted around the contest, but they still got enough of the ball. They got enough outside run and carry to try and generate something. And the defense, as we've said uh, at the start, you know. They just couldn't they, – the forwards just couldn't fire and it was because of the players like Ferguson and Sarah Wright and Lulu Puller who have all done their job so seamlessly. I mean, Gouldy again, Miller, went missing. Yeah. Uh, you know, Stevie Lee Thompson didn't really go anywhere with when she went forward to the ball. Randall got shut out by Ferguson. Um, I, I think she's. I think she was carrying something, Chelsea Randall. There's not a doubt in my mind when the game was there to be won – you keep her. At, you keep her in the full forward line. Mm. We saw. We saw last year her take the game, take games by the scruff of the neck, as a midfielder. Yeah. So I, I just want to know what what's going on there, and you know, it can't be left to the. You know, Eloise Jones got nowhere near it either. Uh, you know, it's it's got to be up to a collective team effort. You can't rely on just one person to do it all. Well, you know, no, it, was, it was kind <laughs> of yeah. Ponta, Nofi, Bedell, Hatchard, Neve Kelly to an extent. Um, and then it, it drops off quite considerably from there. Yeah, Ponta, Ponta take on in the forward line, as far <laughs> as I'm concerned, Cat. And the thing is, she's not even playing as a full time forward. She's get she's starting in the yeah. middle and actually working her way forward. 
I think North giving their players first years was the big thing. Like their contested work inside and then getting it down their forward line was the big thing. And the Crochets couldn't get that. They just couldn't get those same opportunities that were generated and it made it tough for the forwards, I think, in in more of a respect. But look, as you said, um, Doc, it's a team effort. That's how you get to grand finals and situations like this because we've talked about and marvelled about how good this Crows list is as a as a collective. Um, we banged on about it and they just didn't have everything going on the weekend. But I think it's a large credit, as you both said, to, to North. I don't think their defensive work has just been the best in the final series by some margin. Just, their ability, it's going to be incredible to see how they can do it against Brisbane, but their their ability to clamp up teams, Kat, is just is, – we haven't seen it. We haven't seen a team be able to do this to other teams. Yeah, uh, they. that's where they've – you know, we, we spoke about um, someone like Sheila coming to this team, randomly moving to the forward line to, um, you know, give them offensive firepower, but they've steadily made the, their defensive work better and better by the year as well, which is – um, certainly help them, but um, yeah, the, I, I don't really know, you know, how to how to really make sense of North. It's great for them that they they've made it to the granny. I think this is at this point, Doc, that they've got to be saying this is our year right now because if they do win, or even if they they don't win the flag, you look at is Carney going to go on? Is Sheila going to go on? Yeah. Um, how many more years of Jazz Garner's prime do we have left? She's 29 now. She'll be 30 next year. Um, obviously, they've got the mids coming through, which is great, but no one is Jasmine Garner. Um, they've got the young players in the right places, I think, which is good. But uh, if they don't win it this year, I do wonder, Emma King as well, another one, she's 29 too. How much longer does her sort of peak go for? Um, yeah, I wonder if it's got to be this year or it might not be again for another, you know, three or four that they get another crack at a flag. It's now or never, Cap. Now or never, I think, for North. Whoa. I'll tell you what, if Emma, if Emma Carney becomes a premiership player once again at North Melbourne, you know, what is, what happens uh, from there? Does she... She's goat tier. She has to be goat tier. I think oh, I, I think she, she'd, she'd go out. She'd go I, I, the flag. I, I, I think she's already goat tier, uh, Miller. Um, well, just, even I, higher on the goat tier than Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I th- I'm not as uh, unforgiving on the list as, as you might be, oh, Kat. I think, I, like I said, I think they've got young players in the right places. But I, no I, one is I, Emma Carney or Emma King or Jazzy Garner. <laughs> I, I agree with that. But I also think, you know, Garner's, I think Garner's prime can go for another four or five years re- realistically. Yeah. I mean, a lot of, lot of the a lot of the really good players are, are starting to really churn out something in their mid-30s. So uh, I think, yeah, Garner's probably still got a few years left, a few really good years left in her. Um, Carney's playing a halfback role, so I think maybe there's an extra couple of seasons left in her. Um, it's not a, it's not a, you know, straining role in terms of, you know, your body and unless you do have like hamstring issues and I don't think Carney's had uh, many hamstring issues over her career. I think that, and, and there is a lot of other young talent that, are, that is feeding through the system at the moment and players that are waiting in the wings, like an Ellie Gavilas, so, uh, yeah. so to speak, who aren't getting the opportunity. So I think North Melbourne still have the depth and they still got, you know, a lot of really good talent coming through. I mean, Jesus wept. We're getting we're getting the best of Ruby Tripodi in a few years. I mean, we're going to get you know Amy Smith still developing, Lulu Puller still developing, Erica O'Shea, you know Neve Martin, Mia King. You know, it's still a very good nucleus when you take away that top echelon of, of, yeah. of talent. Yeah, no, I think I think I agree with that. Um, it's just yeah, I, I'm, I'll be watching the next year very closely, regardless of the result on Sunday. But 
Uh, we'll get to that. Uh, we've got to get the votes in first, though, boys. I'll, I'll kick us off. Uh, I'll, this was the hard game for me. There were so many players I could have included in these votes and a few that are very, very stiff to miss out. I've gotten the one to Jazzy Garner, um, and I can't believe I hadn't given her a vote yet. Uh, I didn't give her a vote last in, in the qualifying, but she gets one here. Uh, she had a ripping game, 22 and a goal. She was awesome once again. Uh, sure you weren't doing the votes, Kat, for the BNF? Uh, <laughs> um, well, someone, will, someone will give her three, you bloody hope. Uh, Danny Ponta gets the two because, as Doc said before, she was solo carrying the forward line for the Crom. Uh, and Sarah Wright gets my three votes, boys. She's had such an underrated three season, votes. Sarah Wright. Um, and I think, like I said, she set the tone in the back line in the first half. I think she was the – Ferg, obviously, brilliant game on Gouldie. Um, but I think Wright, just that bit better for me. Um, so she gets the three. Um, Miller, who have you gone with? Uh, I've also gone for a favourite of ours, Sarah Wright. I've gone for one vote. I, I thought she was a, a absolute pillar in, in all game. Very hard to get past. Been consistent all year, and she definitely got one vote. Two votes to uh, Ponta because without her scoring, then uh, holy shit, they wouldn't have put up a score at all. And three votes. So I've gone to Noffy. I-, I just think without her, I would have been really. This could have been a twenty-point margin, potentially more without Noffy. That's the only reason I'm giving her a maximum votes. Twenty-six touches, five marks, twelve tackles, going with four clearances. So um, I think without her. The Crom would be lucky to be, you know, within obviously a point, but within maybe 22 points. She was huge. Fair enough. Jeez, that's a very, very good calls all around, Miller. I love that Sarah Wright's getting uh, getting a little bit of love. Uh, unfor- and unfortunately, she doesn't <laughs> make my votes. <laughs> unfortunately, that's the stuff you, Sarah. Um, no, but we do love her. Um, we do love and, her, yeah. She's great. Um, I've given one vote to – where's my votes gone? Um, <laughs> I've given one vote to Emma Carney. Uh, I thought – uh, especially when the going got tough early doors, I thought her run and carry across the halfback was incredibly vital to North Melbourne getting off the mark. Uh, she ended up with, uh, what did she end up with? 19 disposals, 450, 445 metres gained and 84% disposal efficiency. Oh. Seven intercepts and eight rebound 50s as well. So I thought she was doing a fair bit across the defensive half. Good general, I think. Um Two votes to Danielle Ponta, as we've already touched on the three goals. It was literally Ponta take on the world. But also I thought her inside work was still top Ooh. notch. I thought, yeah, just getting a, getting her hands on the ball a fair bit. She had a, a, a few clearances as well. And, yeah, very very damaging when she did get uh, forward of forward of the, uh, the forward 50. And uh, three votes. I'm surprised neither of you boys have, have mentioned her yet, but I gave three votes to Jenna Bruton. Yeah, I thought, good shout, I thought her third quarter was absolutely enormous, and particularly when Adelaide got the upper hand and started getting some goals on the board. Finally, she was probably the one in the in the stoppages that was trying to hold it all together and and keep them from keep them from really going any further. She she finished with twenty eight disposals, thirteen contested, four hundred fourteen meters gained, and five clearances and seven tackles as well. So Jeez, that's a pretty good game. And and uh, could have had two goals, but missed them both. So if she got the two. She would have been straight to the very top. Um, oh. Yeah. No. Look, Bruton, uh, Randall, Noffy, all in consideration. For my votes as well. It was a hard game to judge. So many, you know, players that stood up big time. Um, yeah, but, but Doc, uh, the leader was looking very, very tense coming into oh, the no. grand final. There's a few that can win it from here. 
Yeah, so we did the uh, did the leaderboard and the numbers uh, earlier this morning, and uh, the leaderboard currently, as it stands, uh, the Bell Doors uh, trifecta this week has oh. propelled her into the lead. Wow, <laughs> fourteen votes. Uh, Nina huge. Morrison uh, just three votes behind her with eleven. Obviously, she can't poll anymore. Um, so the way it goes right now is that four players can still win it. Uh, obviously, obviously, Bell Doors has fourteen votes and on top, but you know. She only has to probably poll maybe one or two more and 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 settle in there and she can win it. Um, Ola Odwa is not too far behind her, actually. She's on nine votes. Um, and then a little bit further down, you've got Talia Randall on six and Jasmine Garner on five. So, geez, Jazzy, Jazzy can what poll. What are we doing? We're stooging Jazzy. <laughs> <laughs> so, if Jazzy gets, uh, gets a best on performance and wins the, uh, the best on ground and the granny, she'll also uh, win uh, possibly. Win possibly. Uh, Jazzy gets uh, all nine votes from us uh, this week, and Beldors gets nothing. Then she shares the award with. Her. Uh, there's no chance uh, Beldors is getting nothing, Doc, because she's a big uh, game player, and she's going to show up something fierce in the granny. Please don't jinx her, Cat. Don't do it. <laughs> uh, Talia Randall can can kick six goals and get nine votes from all of us, and uh, hope Beldors only gets one vote and she wins. Uh, <laughs> And uh, Ola Adwa just has to turn up, I think, and hope Bell Doors doesn't 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 play, um, and she, and she can win. Um, Bell's so, in the, uh, the box seat here. Yeah, she's in the box seat. But um, yeah, Nita Morrison eleven votes, Adam Hatchard nine votes, uh, Daniel Ponter also on nine votes. Uh, that rounds out the top five. But also honourable mentions to Amy McDonald on eight uh, for the Cats. She had, she's had a pretty good season. She's yeah, very, very good final very series good. from all those girls. And, uh, yeah, so I think, I think we've done all right here. We've made for a nice little tense race. Very, very clean to see how we close it out with <laughs> Granny. Um, but we've got lots of awards and things to hand out at the moment because if you missed it, the W Awards was on, on Monday. Uh, and we have our traditions that we have every single year for both the Brownlow and the W Awards. And one that is always anticipated very, very hotly <laughs> is Doc's Best and Worst on the Red Carpet or the Coral Carpet. Uh, in the case of the AFLW. Doc, I know you're always very, very thorough with this and you, you've been crawling through these pictures and, and finding who's the best, who's the worst. I'll leave it up to your discretion, mate, whether you want to go best or worst first, but I know it's going to be a treat <laughs> in both categories. Uh, never, never, never fails to entertain the masses, uh, and this year will be no different, albeit I really had to scramble because it was a busy week at work. Um but we'll start with the worst ons. Uh, let's get them out of the way because uh, <laughs> actually, to be honest, it was actually quite a good night in terms of dress sense. There was very Ooh. few, very few, um, you know, min- uh, serial offenders. I uh, wish not- the uh, Brownlow would take notes of that. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I think the Brownlow could take notes on a lot of things, you oh. know, dr- dress senses from the wags. Uh, uh, not, not the voting process. Behavioural awareness, um, oh, yeah, no, definitely not the voting process. I think that needs to be binned, but that's a story for another day. Um <laughs> Let's start with the worst ones. Uh, we'll start with this one, uh, Ruby Slasher. Now, usually she's uh, on point with a lot of uh, a lot of her dresses when it comes to the coral carpet. Uh, this one completely missed the mark. Uh, first of all, the dress set, the, the the color of the dress is a, a, a disgusting champagne green. Uh, it's it's almost like a blend of that. And if that wasn't bad enough, the thongs. What's going oh, on with that? What? Look at that. <laughs> What is that? <laughs> what is that? I don't um, know what's going on there. No, I don't know what's going on there. That just it doesn't doesn't hit the mark for mine. Um, 
Uh, Sophie van der Heuvel from Essendon. Now, th- this was actually quite a nice dress. What lost points was the colour of the dress. Oh, no. It was, it's a, you know, brown's not a very attractive colour. Um, and and as well, it's also bonus points there for because she, she the the tan she's wearing is blending in with the dress. So she has morphed into one. Huh? She she has morphed into one, and that that you know didn't really come off really really that didn't come off well at all for mine. Goodness. Um, a couple of your girls, Miller, made the made the worst oh. ons. Uh, look. Uh, you know I'm very, very uh, high on the uh, the very young, ugly yellow dresses and Isla Sheeran, uh, you have been caught. Oh, um, what's going on there? That's uh, no, 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 no. That's no good. <laughs> um, and, and Gabby Seymour, I'm not quite sure what she's trying to pull off there. That looks like a, another shower curtain set up there. Um, uh, could, could, couldn't do without this one because she's leaving at the end of the week. But Nicole Livingston, uh, that's a... <laughs> You've been waiting for this to, to plot, plot her in this. this. Absolutely gone bang on her here. Do you think she was never not getting in this? You're a fool. <laughs> no. Uh, what, first of all, that dress is too long. Uh, second of all, um, that, that that sort of top half looks like uh, she's wrapped it around in toilet paper. I was so, going to say, uh, what, it looks like uh, the paper towel. Someone's run out and just said, yep, wrap her up. She's gone for the, the half mummified costume on Halloween. <laughs> but she's, she's, yeah, she's run out halfway through. Hey, yeah, Mummy uh, 5 movie isn't out yet, uh, Nicole. Uh, <laughs> when, when the... yes, I believe Halloween was last month. Uh, thank you for stopping by, though. Um who else we got here? Uh, I'm just scrolling through. Oh, oh my god, this one. Uh, now, Nell Morris Dalton's been a bit of a serial offender oh, uh, over the last couple of years. I think Nelly. I think it was I think it was a couple of seasons ago. She rocked out in um, a really horrid sort of 1970s grandma shower curtain vibe. Uh, this year, this year's uh, outfit is I don't know how to describe it, boys. It is brown. It is uh, <laughs> it's very very loose fitting. Um and uh, yeah, it almost looks like a potato uh, sack. Going yeah, wrong. It, it does look like a bit of a potato sack. Whoever's whoever's her fashion stylist or whoever she gets fashion advice from should be uh, arrested and <laughs> and fed to the lions at the Melbourne Zoo because uh, <laughs> lock her up and throw away the key. I, I think. And and also it is six o'clock, seven o'clock in the evening when they walk through the coral carpet. You do not need to wear shades. You you look like <laughs> you, almost, you almost look like a crack dealer. Oh, I knew uh, that was coming, Doc. I knew that was coming. Um, no, she she's a serial offender, cat. That, that's that's not that's no that's no good at all. Um, a couple of the port girls here looked uh looked pretty boring. I thought um one of them will get into the votes, but uh, uh Alex Ballard's wearing a questionable pattern. Uh, two-piece of there. Um, yeah, look, and, and uh, is that Julia Teakle next to her? Cause, uh, yeah, uh, hang on. Yes. Not, yeah, uh, that, that, that ostrich uh, that ostrich <laughs> bottom uh, is not going to get away with it. Um, <laughs> oh, who, who else? Who else? I think the that's ostrich. it. I All think right. that's it. Get us into uh, the votes here, Doc. Oh, dear. Get us into the votes, and we'll start with this one, and Probably could have made uh, two or three in other years, but uh, very lucky to sneak in here for one. And that goes for uh, Kate Shearlaw with her oh. dress. Now, uh, first of all, Stinker's dress, that's a, that's an automatic cross. Uh, but secondly, <laughs> Secondly, it's the uh, it's it's the colours of the dress. She almost oh. looks it's it's almost like a Bilson's can I'm looking at here. <laughs> it's uh, 
like a mixture of colours and it just doesn't work. And it's like oh. the kids at a Bunnings that pick up all the colour samples and just bring them about 20 in a pile <laughs> and then just throw it on the floor and said, make a dress out of this. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on in the head department with that, that selection, no. Nah, it's a, not not a very good one. Gee, lucky to get one vote. Should you be getting maximum more? <laughs> Should be getting more, but unfortunately, there are two that are just as, that are very very poor and very uh, ill thought out uh, decisions here. And this one here was brought to my attention on the Monday night by you, Cat uh, Jasmine Stewart. Now, oh, gosh, geez, this is a shocker. It, um, this is this, this look. Two pieces are in, and we'll get to some of them in the in the best ons uh, shortly. But there are very not this two, bad, not this very bad, very bad two pieces, and this one's a very very bad one. So it's almost as if she's gone two sizes too big and uh, some some heels to, to match. This, this this is not Daddy's pajama night. She looks uh, like she just rolled up to the the awards straight out of bed. She's still in her pajamas. I'm surprised she doesn't have a bloody nightcap on. <laughs> Yeah, I'm surprised she didn't bring Teddy on as the plus one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that that was a that was pretty dismal uh, from her. Yeah. But the the three votes. Uh, as soon as I saw this, this was going right at the top, and it goes to Kylie Rogers, who oh. is ex- executive general manager, customer and commercial at the AFL. Uh, for those who don't know, and uh, look, it's hard to explain it, but I'm just going to say it. This looks like it part. The front of the dress looks like a, a three-year-old finger painted it. Uh, the sleeves are doing too much, particularly around the shoulder. I don't understand the sort of black at the top and the white at the bottom either. It, it is doing it. I've seen I've seen dresses that have done too much in my time here, but this is doing far beyond too much. <laughs> oh goodness! I don't know how to describe what she's got to be thinking to put that on. I I I I, I don't have the words. Uh, I don't know either. Did Andrew Dillon put put her up to that as a dare or, or what? <laughs> oh, someone lost a bet beforehand. Yeah, oh, that's no no those are some bad ones there. That's no, that good. no, that was just completely terrible. Um, but anyway, those are the worst ones, um, and we can just sh- move straight along to the to uh, some of the better ones. Please, and, please. Uh, uh, <laughs> Please, says Cat, uh, and this and there's been some really, really good, really, really good ones, and we'll try and list them off quickly as we go along. First of all, Kate Hoare, a very lovely uh, light blue ga- uh, gown, not too long, very, uh, you know, shows the shoes, very, very sort of, it's sort of on the mark. I, I must say, I like say. the color, I like that blue. It's good. Yeah, it looks good. It looks good. Yeah. No, oh, look, you can you can never go wrong with blue. I think. Um, Eden Zanker's partner Nikita Rogers with a very nice electric blue there, yep. um, very very uh, very shiny. Uh, also shiny was Courtney Hodder's one, and yes. that's a, another one. Very nice length and and very very good sort of cut. You see the arms there, and you know a little bit little bit of a cut across the midriff there, but that's not too bad. <laughs> um, who else we got? Uh, a lot of the Collingwood players were uh, were terrible, uh, <laughs> were terrible dresses, but a few of them that weren't. A few of, a, a, a few of them that weren't. Grace Campbell and Lauren Butler with a, with, with a lovely black gowns there. Grace Campbell almost looks like a vintage one for mine. Um, mm. Almost something you see out of oh. uh, out of a 1960s uh, movie. Very, very stunning. Um, Sarah, Sarah Rose one was very, very questionable. Uh, was questionable colours because there's a lot of a lot of colours and a lot going on. But I think what 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 makes it uh, what makes it a standard is that it's not is that it's complemented by black. You can yeah. see a little bit of black around around the dress there, and and the bow ties is a lovely touch. I mean, Rowie just doesn't miss. 
You've got to be wrong to, to pull something like that off, I think. Um, yeah. couldn't, couldn't, couldn't have it on everyone. Tell you what, Ruby Slasher could use a thing or two from uh, <laughs> how, how to dress like a superstar. Um, some of the Saints girls were bloody terrific as well. Ash Richards, nice, nice little ice cool blue there. Serene Watson was very, very close in getting the best ons as yeah, well. I thought that was good. Get up. That was that's the yellow you can pull off. It is a hard yellow to pull off, but it's not doing too much. You know, with a bit of shine on it, it takes it takes the yellow away. Um, a lot of a lot of people make this mistake where they go with you know just flat yellow, like a like canary yellow or sand yellow. This is perfect. You know, it's you know, it's not doing too much for mine. You're listening, people. This is the fashion expert <laughs> saying you're wearing the wrong yellow. Taking the advice here, I think. This is need to listen to this. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> Also, Indy Tahu with the with a lovely pink dress as well. That's, I like uh, that pink. That's yeah, good, strong good color. Indeed. It's a lovely pink dress, and I suppose well, I forgot to mention uh, red is a very very hard color to not pull off unless you're Laura Kane. That is a <laughs> that is a shocking dress. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Um, but anyway, we'll get to the we get to the the votes. Um, and the one votes it, it doesn't go to anyone in particular, but I thought many of the many of the players who wore two piece suits on the night. Really, really stood out. Uh, a couple that I have in mind here: Matty Prasparkas and uh, Cody Jarks wearing uh, wearing the two pieces. Cody Jarks wearing a nice blue suit. That's a great color. And and Prasparkas with the nice little checkered outfit as well. That that that's risky, but I think she makes it work. The only time you'll um, hear Alex Doherty compliment Cody Jarks on this podcast, <laughs> I think, and the last time. Yeah, maybe the last time. <laughs> Actually, not delicious yet, Cat. Oh, don't ask me. Ask Woody anyway. Um, S- Sabrina Frederick, uh, nice velvet suit. I haven't got it up here for you boys, but you, you should go back and-, and have a look at that. It's a very lovely uh, velvet, you know, maroon coloured suit. Uh, not very nice. And Erin Phillips, first time she's get- she's in the uh, the best ons. Yeah, after- the-, the redemption had her in the worst ones a couple of years ago, Doc, when she was wearing the sneakers <laughs> with the dress. Someone's finally delivered the memo to her that dresses that that dresses and runners just don't work. Um, you know, this is a this is a much better, much more easier sort of outfit to go with. A nice little white and black uh, two piece suit, uh, shoes. You can see them. Very very nice. Um, the two votes for mine goes to another player who has worn another bit of yellow, um, but it's yellow Roberts goat tour. Oh, yes. getting it done on and off field, doc. Getting it done. This is this is why she's the goat to her boys, because <laughs> because she can make the best look very very. She can make a color like yellow look really really good. Yep. It's a nice not. It's a nice gold outfit though, and a couple of a couple of little uh little patterns there going on there. Nice nice little golden touches around there. Um, absolutely stunning, absolutely stunning. And the three votes, as we said, you cannot you can never go wrong with a red dress. And this one just—it's vintage. It's so good, and, and and it goes to Ali Anderson. Yes, has obviously got the leg cut there, and it's got the arms out, and it's not—it's not too revealing. It's just—it's just a red dress in all its glory, and that's how you get it done. It's a nice tone of red. Oh, I'm glad. It. I'm glad. I'd like to claim partial credit for this vote here because I pointed <laughs> Alex Doherty in the direction of Ali Anderson uh, on the red carpet. On Monday night, so uh, I'm very, very happy with that decision, Doc. I would have given the same. Yes, absolutely. And, and Laura Kane, if if she's listening, that's how you wear a red dress. Not not this sort of seat belt style at the top, uh, <laughs> and almost it's almost like a 
like a massive cloth hanging out of her backside. What's going on there? <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, good, good vote, Stock. Um, I think you've, you've really given us the whole fashion gamut, I I'm think, well, of the, the W Awards. Um, just quickly, boys, <laughs> uh, I know we normally do the best on the piss as well, but it was very, very hard to choose this year because it was a, a, <laughs> as, as a contingent, as a group, as a playing group, uh, I want to say hats off to every single player in the AFLW. You, you were, <laughs> the, 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 the amount of atmosphere they were putting out, you could hear it through the TV every single time someone got a vote. Everyone was going bloody rowdy. Yeah, um, I've got to give a special shout out to the Hawks table. I think every time Tilly Lucas Rod got a vote, they went absolutely bananas. Um, <laughs> the Port Girls, for their loveliest assortment of Instagram stories, uh, with, with Mum, uh, Mum being Erin Phillips, of course, uh, with her night out with the kids. Uh, and the Suns girls as well, who did a full tour of the world on their Instagram stories uh, and <laughs> seemed to think they were everywhere but at Crown Casino uh, on Monday <laughs> night. So uh, that was bloody fantastic. Good year from them. Uh, good effort all around, though. Very, very strong work from the girls this season. Um, we've got our own awards to give out, boys, so we'll just quickly run through a few of these. Um, obviously, they all got given out on the night, and congratulations to Mon Conti. Uh, for winning the league best and fairest, as much as we agree or disagree. Uh, she did win it in the end. Uh, and Sally Goldsworthy as well getting the Rising Star Award. We love Sally. She's had a bloody good Oh, job. she's been huge. Uh, and, huge. of course, to all the All-Australians as well. Some first-timers in there. Really, really good to see. Um, and a great team, two wingers and all. Um, I was very, very happy with it, aside from a few exclusions. Um, but first up, boys, uh, we're going to nominate... Uh, who we would like to give the MVP oh. to. Um, I think it's probably going to be pretty unanimous that we're, <laughs> we're all picking Jazzy Garner, surely. Yeah, yeah, has to be. Has to be, Cat, no doubt about it. Yeah, I thought it was absolutely criminal that Jasmine Garner has once again been treated with contempt uh, <laughs> by the by the umpires in the, uh, in the vote count. I mean, Jesus, wet. You can only only Jasmine Garner can get two votes for getting thirty nine touches, and, and and a goal. I could just I could just see the look on the the North Table, the faces of all the girls at the North Table going shit. Here we go, we're on again. By about round three, they sort of they already knew that Jazzy wasn't going to get it, but she did win the coaches award. She did win the players MVP as well. Um, so the coaches and the players know what they're talking about. Um, so and she might be on for a, a grand final uh, best on ground as well. You never know. On the weekend. Um, other options I had up there, boys. Ebony Marinoff, um, surely she's got to get multiple <laughs> mention for the year she had. Um, oh. She was just outstanding all season long, Nuffy, and um, there's very, very little. Conti would have to be in there as well. Um, and my, my rogue pick for an honourable mention is Bonnie Two Good Boys. I mean... Oh, of course it is. Uh, <laughs> what She had a, a riffing season, Bonnie. I, I, I'd honestly nominate her in there as well. I know she didn't kick as many goals as some of the others, obviously. Kehor, Insanka, yes, yes. Uh, Dakota Davidson, but oh, shit, Bonnie had a great season. <laughs> <laughs> she was huge. Yeah, I like that call, Kat. Um, yeah, I, I think Bonnie was elite in terms of – I feel like she went up a level. Really, she, 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 she really of, doubled all her, all her averages and everything yeah, this year. And I was going to talk about it with the most improved players, really. Like, she, she's gone to an elite sort of level cap where she can sort of single handedly put this team on the back and say, All right, it's hurting a bit, my back, but let's go and let's go win a game with you guys on it. So, yeah, she, she was huge this year for sure. I like that call. Absolutely. Yeah, 
I want to I want to put forward a couple of other mentions uh, for the, for the MVP. I thought Laura Gardner, who finished second in the uh, coaches' association yes. votes, should be up there for mine. Ali Anderson, I thought had a very consistent year, particularly across the home and away season. And I thought, and I reckon Claudia Whitford as well should get a mention. Um, Lifford, Lifford, uh, just the way that she has carried out, but particularly when Charlie Robottom had been in the wars time and time again this year, uh, I think she deserves a, a special shout out as well. Yeah, no, I like that. Um, most improved player, Miller. Interesting selection here. I guess mm. you said. Wanting too good in the mix, but who else are you looking at most improved? I mean, Laura Gardner was one we, we talked about seamlessly throughout the year, Kat. Yeah. I thought she went to another level. Um, I think as well, oh, God, there's quite a few players, I reckon, at the the Suns. I thought Litford, I mean, yeah, really. I've, I've got Litford in my, my group here. Litford went lit mode. Um, she was absolutely huge, I, I thought, and um, she, she was really – just added another layer. She's like an onion cat. She got another layer, and um, I, I thought she was really Trick, hey? she she was huge. I thought she was massive. Uh, Neve Kelly and Claudia Gunjaka, too. I've written down here as well. Doc Neve Kelly. I mean, I didn't think she had a a showdown medal type performance in her, and then she had about three or four more of those kinds of games throughout the year. She she's turned herself into one of the premium wingers in the comp, and I've talked plenty about Gunji. In the past month, uh, you, you all know oh, I you love Gunji. Uh, most improved for sure. Most improved defender, I think I'd, I'd give to Gunjaka pretty easily. Absolutely, that's great call, Cap. Yeah, I think the first, I think Ali Morfitt should be up there as well for a most improved. Uh, obviously, has just come across in leaps and bounds and would have been a, a runaway winner uh, if she hadn't got injured. Mia King's another one for mine. I think mm. deserves deserves a shout for. Um, for most improved, I think all of her numbers, particularly across the contested possessions, uh, went up uh, significantly this year. And also, just want to try and get what try and get the stats from uh, from her this year. But I thought, uh, even though it was a pretty shit year for the dogs, I thought Elizabeth Georgia Stathis really turned up at another level this year. Yeah, just move to half back, Doc. I thought was really really good. Yeah, just you know, I thought you know, particularly once we got to the halfway point, I thought she really started to take it upon herself to try and provide that run and drive across the halfback and try and add a little bit of something across those defensive half stoppages as well. And I'm just trying to get bloody stats up. Yeah, average career highs across the board, disposals, marks, uh, tackles, uh, metres gained, rebound 50s, a lot. Yeah, no, good shout. Um, the other one I'll just throw in the ring quickly before we move to the next one. Anya McDonough, um, boys, I think we kind of forgot about um, you know, the year she had another one, like we were talking about um, Maloney before, it's not easy to come into this league as a key forward when you've barely played the game. Um, but all the way up until her last two games of the season, she kicked a goal in every game. I thought she showed that she's going to be one of the, the key forwards of the future, um, McDonough. So uh, she gets in that mix for mine as well. Yep, uh, she's most improved. Another one as well, just quickly, Miller. Kate Dempsey. Um, yes, we, 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 we've rattled and we've rattled and raved about her all year. She's a she's turned into one of the star wings of the competition and one of our favourites, of course. She uh, averaging averaging over twenty possessions this year. I think her work rate, Doc, has been a large part of her getting that that more use, and she just bloody she run for days. I mean, she'd like she'd get her in the. Uh, Get at the cattle dog track. She'd better go go for yonks. Um, <laughs> she she was huge, massive in, in terms of you know talk about teams had a shit season. Uh, we were shit too, and I thought she she was a shining light week after week with Mon. 
Um, so that's a great call. I like that. Yeah, huge. Uh, we'll go to Rookie of the Year. This is a hard oh, one to decide, is... boys. Uh, obviously, Zali won the Rising Star, and I'd, I'd well and truly have her. You all know how much I love her. A um, couple of rucks, Ellie Morfitt and Matilda Scholes. Both of them, I think, have to be in the... Oh, I was um, going to say Scholes. She was huge for Port. Great year, Scholes. I mean, she just came up out of the sand for like she'd been playing in the AFLW for, you know, five years already. Uh, awesome season and the GOAT tour it's hard to believe she's only 18 as well um, she has to be in that, that conversation too and Docker, I, th- I feel like you might be harboring some feelings that she was robbed of the, the Rising Star Award the GOAT tour yeah she was and certainly <laughs> robbed of uh, West Coast Best and Fairest as well oh, what, what, Charlie Thomas the ball was peppered down there about 70 times a game <laughs> how does she win it uh, she had a great year Charlie and deservedly all Australian as well no, oh, geez, what ahead of Ferg? Oh, well, Ferg should have been in there, but yeah. Ferg should have been in there anyway. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, no, look, I, I would have raised forward uh, Jasmine Fleming. I thought she's had a mm. a, ter- a terrific a terrific first couple of years, really. And I think in games this year, we've seen just how big she can become as as a midfielder. Obviously, she gets to learn from from one of the greatest midfielders we've seen in Emily Bates and Tilly Lucas Lucas Rod is there as well. Very hard working mid. Mm. Uh, I think she's got she's got all the tools to become one of the next best midfielders in the competition, and it'll be exciting to, to watch her. And you know, Zali Goldsworthy should get her flowers as well. Rising star winner, five goals as a teenager. How does that happen? <laughs> so unbelievable, Zali. Absolutely unbelievable. Uh, did you have anyone in there that we didn't mention? Miller rookie. No, I was going to mention. I was going to mention Flemo. Um, pretty much, that's a good share. I, I like the shout of Morford as well. She said, "Cat." I, I think. Um, those two rucks that you mentioned, the impacts I think on their teams in terms of making sure, I mean, Port a bit less, but Sydney, without Morfitt, they're just a different team. So her impact in getting her to the, to the finals, even though she didn't get the chance to play, I think can't be understated. And she's going to be a pre- premier ruck in, I mean, she already is one now, but maybe could make a stake for top two in, God, it could be really quick. It could be a year or two I think already. She could be next year if she does. Yeah. If she recovers, fine. Um, Spot and on, Kat. Good yeah. to see the Swans getting her to stay long term yeah. as well. Like, yeah, agreed. She's going to be such an important piece of that team. Sorry, Doc. <laughs> I know you wanted to get her over the dogs, but uh, didn't no, happen. No, no, just quietly. I was actually quite happy that she stayed put. I don't know oh, why. Oh, yeah. But first of all, I don't know why we're targeting a, another ruck when Alice Edmonds clearly exists. No, very true. Um, uh, and. But look, she's a good player, and I think I think for Sydney to go forward, she needs to stay. So I'm happy that she's staying put at the Swans. Uh, I, I think as well, Skepper, I'd, I'd put up there as well. Shara is, is another one as well for um for Rookie of the Year. They, they, they've been so huge for Carlton this year, and yeah. their and their jump back up the ladder. And I I thought I think as well, Tani Evans at GWS is another oh, one. Yeah, who, I was about to we, say. Her. Well, sorry, Miller. That's you, all right. you, you, you can talk about it, but I just thought. Even though Wasali's rise this year, I think she's been swept under the carpet a little bit. Well, yeah, I was going to say, I think because there's been so much talk about Zales, is it we, we don't get the chance to talk about Tani. I mean, she's huge. Really, really important, I think, in terms of their ball use and getting some creativity flowing, you know, wherever she's getting that chance to play. And her running dock, I mean, her run and spread is something that's really important to the Giants because uh, they've got a lot of slow buggers in there. So, um, 
Yeah, they're good shares, boys, for for the for the young. We got a bloody great crop of young players coming through at this comp. We are we're so lucky. No, oh, it's only gonna get bigger next year as well. Uh, and just coach of the year, boys. I've got written down three key names here: Craig Starswich, Scott Gowan, Dan Lowther. Um, I, I I think it's hard to go past the, the three of them for you know Stars. We've talked about he's the not just the, the coach of the year, the coach of the comp. Um, he just keeps getting it done with this Lions team. Uh, Scotty Gowan's taking the Swans side all the way to a semi, and Lowther obviously has changed the cats around and made them into a team that's pushing nearly into grand finals. Well, I know three three names that won't be in consideration: uh, Steve Simons, uh, Ferguson, and Nathan Burke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, not even close. <laughs> not even close. Oh, look, I'm with you there, Cat. I think at least um, with two of them, I think uh, Starswich and 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 Gowan's definitely. In the considerations, I'd like to throw in Darren Crocker's name into the, into the mix yep, as well yes, because yes, yep. two two years ago, a lot of a lot of North fans were sort of crying out that that they they needed a change, and North stuck fat with him, and this is where they're at now, and they're one game away from from their first premiership. So, you know, that that doesn't happen by a change of coach; that happens by confidence in the game plan, yeah. confidence in the players, and confidence in the coach. Yeah, I'm big on Crocker. I think that what he's done in terms of the confidence getting them back into it, Doc, because they would be discouraged. You know, they've had a lot of campaigns when they've fallen short and then haven't gotten as far as they should have. And as you said, calling for his head and then some um, really previously. So I think that North are going to be pleased with what they've got. And Cameron Joyce as well. I think the Suns sort of define expectation a little bit, um, but... I didn't think they were going to be as good as they were. So, yeah. There you go. All right. Good nominations all around, boys. I think uh, it's a big, big season and great to see so many standouts across the league and all categories, really. And like we said, congratulations to everyone that won the awards and uh, got into the All-Australian team on Monday night. But we've got our own All-Australian team that we've been building up to basically all year long. This is the real team, Cap. This is what we want. Jeez, it's, I'm, I'm keen to see. I don't know how much of it's changed since we, we saw it last, but how we need to see the ground reveal here. We need to see the ground reveal. So we've been waiting, mate. Give it to us. We want to hear. All right. Well, there's been, been, been some changes made from, I think it might have been around eight or when I, when I locked out the team, but this is the team uh, and it's set. And we'll start with the back line. And from the Geelong Football Club, we've got Claudia Gunjaka. Yes. Oh, Gunji. From the North Melbourne Football Club, we've got Jasmine Ferguson. Yes, good. From the Fremantle Football Club, we've got Emma O'Driscoll. Oh, Drisco. Yes, Drisco Miller. Yeah. Uh, this one was a tough one because there was about three players that I really wanted to put in centre-half back position. But in the end, I went with Adelaide's Chelsea Bedell. Oh, bang. And from the Richmond Football Club, I've put in Isla Sheeran. Oh, wow. It's a good backline, Doc. That's very strong. Bloody yeah, very I must say, I had Tali Gillard there for for about a week and a bit, just sort of thinking because she had she had, I think she'd only lost one defensive contest up to that point. But when I saw when I saw Melbourne play, she sort of fell apart as well. So I, was like, <laughs> nah. I, need, I need somebody that was that was consistent throughout the year, and I thought Bedell was pretty consistent both yeah. as a lockdown and as a rebounding defender. So she gets in. So the midfielders, we'll start with the two wingers. We've got from the Brisbane Football Club, Sophie Conway. From the Richmond Football Club, Kate Dempsey. Yeah, it's good, Demo. Demo. 
the ruck position was tough because yeah. I had three players there that I really wanted to put in, and I, I know I like to make a habit of rewarding players who've played the full season, but I couldn't look past Ali Morfitt from Sydney. Yes, I'm glad. I'm glad you got her in. I just couldn't. I'd look. I think it just speaks about the Ruck Division. I think the Ruck Division needs to lift a little bit uh, next year. Nothing against what Sabrina Frederick's done and what Mim Strom's done, mm. but I think uh, I think a lot of the players went backwards. You know, I think Tali Hickey's production around the ground went backwards. Lauren Pierce has been stagnant. Alice Edmonds certainly went backwards this year. Um, but yeah, Ali Morford went about five thousand steps forwards and really cemented herself as the number one Ruck in the comp. Good call. Starting in the guts, I've got from the Adelaide Football Club, Ebony Marinoff. Yeah. From the North from the North Melbourne Football Club, Jasmine Garner. From the Brisbane Football Club, Ali and Ali Anderson. Oh, bang! <laughs> Jeez, that's a bloody strong. You can't get through that midfield. That is huge, you Doc. You cannot go through that midfield. How have you picked that, Doc? You've done well because there's there's so many bloody good players to pick. Yeah, well, there's there's oh. more on there's more on the bench, oh, so, so stay tuned oh, for no. that. But we'll get to the forwards. Oh, we, uh, we'll got start... the, we got the wingers as well, Doc. Cool. Yeah, yeah, he had Conway and oh, sorry, uh, Dempsey. Conway. Conway yeah, Dempsey. Sophie, yes, yes. Sophie Conway, Kate Dempsey. Please keep yes. please keep <laughs> sorry, under sorry, too many players flying around. <laughs> He's fallen asleep at the wheel, eh? <laughs> Team has crashed. We nearly crashed into the mountain, Miller. Oh, shit. Uh, the forward line uh, from the Melbourne Football Club, Kate Hoare. From the Essendon Football Club, Bonnie Toogood. From the Adelaide Football Club, Danielle Ponta. From the Geelong Football Club, Chloe Shear. Mm-hmm. From the Melbourne Football Club, Eden Zanker. Oh, bang. Fuck, that's a bloody good forward line. It is a very good forward line. Danielle Ponta, because she kicks all those goals, I know she's played a lot more midfield this year, but she gets a spot at half forward because we want players that kick goals. <laughs> yes, I agree um, that, that's what the half-forward position is there for. So we go to the interchange bench. From the North Melbourne Football Club, my defensive rotation is Emma Carney. My midfield rotations from the North Melbourne Football Club, Ash Riddell. Oh. From the Richmond Football Club, Monique Conti. From the Sydney Football Club, Laura Gardner. Yes, Laura. And this last one's my forward rotation. It was very hard to, to pick one, but... I went with a player who had a superb back end of the year, and sometimes it's not about how you start, it's how you finish. And I went with Sydney's Chloe Malloy. Bang. Bang. There you go. Bang. So what were, the, what were the differences between yours and the official Australian team? And Doc, who's in, he's out. Oh, jeez, I haven't even put well, up the... Goonji's in, Ferg's in. Yep. Uh, uh, Dax is out. Yeah, uh, Dax, Dax is stiff because I, th- I think there was about four or five key forwards that are really... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That really could stake a claim in there for um to be as a key forward, and I think Dax was just squeezed out because I can't I, I cannot put three yeah. tall, tall forwards in. So Charlie Thomas is out. Um, nah, compared I, to look, the official look, team, Char- Charlie Thomas is a good player, cat. But uh, when you have one win for the year, you do not deserve to play <laughs> to be in this team. That's fair enough. Chaz, did you have do you have Chaz in, Doc? Nah, Chaz no, didn't. Yeah, Chaz in. is out no. as well. Chaz didn't get in. That one was stiff because, yeah, she missed. I think she missed a couple of games late. Yeah. Um, and particularly when, with the midfield, it's it, it's just a competition for spots. Yeah, well, know? that's and the thing. It's bloody tough. 
you know that that's re- you know Ali Morford can get away with it because no one really no one really going with her. But mm. there's about seven, eight, nine, ten midfielders that are running with uh, for a spot in there. Also, Neve Kelly didn't get in the uh, the team as well. Yes. She she made she made my squad, uh, but I just thought Kate Dempsey had a much better year. Yeah, fair enough. That's fair enough, Doc. Much more much more consistent too. I thought. Yeah. All right, there you go. That is the official A3 All Australian team from Alex Doherty. Very, very good, mate. And I know you labour over it all year long. Um, I think you've done it. That's a good team. The back line, I think, uh, just comparing it to the official team, um, I do kind of prefer your one, Doc. My, my back line would wipe the floor <laughs> off, the, off this official team. We love team. Charlie yeah. Thomas, but we love Gunji and Ferg more. We love Ferg. We absolutely love Ferg. Get the Ferg. Well done, Doc. Very, very good team. Uh, I should be very proud of that. We'll get that up on the socials as well once the episode is out. Alex Dockey's official Australian team. Boys, there's one game left. One game in December uh, for the AFLW 2023 (laughs) season. We're not used to footy going this late. So um, Santa's making a trip, Cap. Is he early? <laughs> a bit early for him, but he might be. Uh, well, he's going to be dropping off the cup for one of these teams. <laughs> Someone's going to come down and unwrap something very, very nice from under the tree. But and, and, and drop you off some coal for Daniel Harford. <laughs> <laughs> it can only be one of these two, gentlemen. Yes, Half's not going to be happy. Kelly's probably not going to be happy. Either. Not be he's not getting there. a gift anyway. Stuff him. <laughs> that chance. Um, but it's going to be a very, very, very oh. important matchups all across the ground, boys. The teams are out. No outs for either team. So as far as we're aware, it's Bang. going to be the same teams lining up again. Dax is in. Uh, there's obviously still the extended bench, and she's got a fitness test still to pass tonight. But as of the moment, Dax is in. It changes a lot, Miller, for this uh, Brisbane forward line and this north back line. They, they've still got to deal with the, the possibility of Dax being in there now. Yep. I, I expect that means Ferg will be straight to her and doing everything to she be. can to, to mop her up. Yep. Well, th- this is the thing, Miller. If Dax is claimed to be 100% fit, then she needs to go. Yep. She needs to absolutely give it a 110% because Jasmine Ferguson, as we've said time and time again this year, is the premier lockdown defender. Yep. You know, not, not a, you can even probably give her two metres of space and her closing speed is that good. Yep. She'll bloody close it down quick smart. So they better make this. This is the decision that decides the flag for mine. If Dakota Davidson is 110% fit, then Brisbane can get up. Yep, 100%. And I think that's the big thing, Doc, is that Brisbane, they're going to have issues, I think, if she doesn't play. So they're going to, I reckon they might push Dakota, even if she's not right, right to go, because that's a, they that's need a great final. Yeah. They're going to do it. No tomorrow, Kat. No, no tomorrow. <laughs> so, um, but, but with that said, Miller, we've spoken time and time again <laughs> about playing players well, who yes. are not 100% in the well, number one rule of thumb, Cat, is never take a player in underdone because you have flashbacks to Reese Conker and Ben Griffiths getting their asses handed to them <laughs> by Dennis Armfield and um, some other Carlton bum back in the day. So, look, um, that's a big one. I'll be interested to see the winging wingers matchup. We talked about Puller before, and you got Gat, you got Ellinger and O'Dwyer, both named there at the moment. Obviously, there's, Col- there's a lot riding on Taylor Gat and Alice O'Loughlin in this game, I think, Doc. <sighs> These, these, think- these are two huge matchups for them. They, you cannot try and cover as much ground as Ola Dry. You simply cannot. <laughs> Taylor Gatt, though, is in career best form. Although that not saying much considering she's only very young to the caper, but I thought I think her last month has been outstanding yeah. in terms of not only winning the ball but actually providing 
defensive presence around stoppages. Yeah. So it's got to be a big one for Talagat, I agree, because whether it's Orla, whether it's Jade Ellinger, whether it's Sophie Conway, it's going to be uh, yeah, all hands on deck for mine as, as far as I'm concerned. So, But the uh, the midfield battle as well, it's the, oh it's the, ju- the juiciest thing since sliced bread. I mean, Jasmine Garner, Ash Riddell, Janet Bruton will probably flow through there and Mia King. On the other end, you've got Bell Dawes, big, ga- big time Dawsey. Big um, time Dawsey. Interesting, their last meeting, Doc, um, she was fairly quiet, 14 touches, nine tackles was, was big, and she had 12 contested possessions here. Um, so she wasn't, she was a factor, but she wasn't playing the way that, you know, she has been now for the Lions team. It may not be a game for the high-end disposal getters. I mean, we know Ash Riddell and Jazzy Garner average high 20s, uh, low 30s. But if Bell Doors can't get 20-plus, she's got to deliver with 10-plus tackles. Yeah, this, absolutely. Do you see anyone going to Jazzy? Boys, you look at Spark, or are we, we're going head to head. Spark, I think I think you put her on her. I think you, yeah. you have to. Uh, I think it's going to be a direct one-on-one matchup. Not a, not a tag job, but I think just match her around the stoppages because that's how you can take away North's game. If mm. you take away Jasmine Garner's clearance work and her contested possessions, uh, and even that freedom to deliver those contested possessions to an Ash Riddell or a Mere King, then nothing that throws North's uh, system out of yeah. whack. But yeah. you, do, you do then run the risk of Ash Riddell going off the handle, or you do yeah. risk Mia King getting off the handle a little bit. So that's just a, that's just something to be uh, a bit cautious about. I think uh, the big, Rucks. Sorry, go, go on, Cat. No, you go. I was going to say big game in the back line. I think for Brisbane as well. Yeah. Emma King and Kate Sheilor were really influential last time these two met. Um, we spoke about Poppy Bolts and Jenny Dunn. How how important they've been. Um, I imagine Campbell will probably have to go forward, um, even if Dax is in this team. She's going to have to have periods of time on the bench, I think. And Taylor Smith's been good, but she's not going to be the, the, the number one um, option in the, the forward line. Uh, you've got to have someone like Campbell, I think, getting into there. So that's going to be an interesting one for mine, how they go about that. Um, who takes King? Who takes Sheila? Who takes Randall? Three really, really big matchups. Uh, with the, the form that Dunn's in at the moment, I'd probably so, yeah. see her to Randall, I think. Great call, Cat. I think Dunn, as you mentioned earlier, she's in career best form. She's she really is. <laughs> she only had, only had one year under her belt. <laughs> but she's just, she just like the what? I mean, in terms of the season, like she's yeah. played the best she's ever had in the finals. I mean, that's just absurd, really. So oh, I don't know what you do matchup-wise. It's going to be – I reckon there'll be a lot of rotations sort of going through them. Doc, I reckon a lot of the defenders won't have any sort of direct matchups for a lot of time. I reckon there'll be a lot of rotating and – it's sort of been, you know, as we said, what what to Brisbane do? You know, Campbell, she's probably got to stay back, I think, as Kat said, all of this week, really. Yeah, well, it's interesting because the the number one, you know, sort of leading players in terms of contested defensive one-on-ones, Nat Grider, Poppy Bolts, and Jenny Dunn, and, and Phoebe Monaghan. So I don't think it's all going to be set as one-on-ones. I think they, they're going to rely on a similar sort of zone defense where they peel off and yeah. they can sort of impact uh, – everyone else and I think the one person you've got to try and negate is Talia Randall yeah, yeah absolutely Emma King's there as a as, as an as another option but she's really there just as a secondary ruck and Sheila can be more can you can you can let her off up the ground a, a, a little bit more because she's not going to do get your goals up there uh, I think you got to got to focus your um defensive attention onto Talia Randall because she'll 
She's out of all three of them. She's the best contested mark of them all. Uh, she's more likely to kick a winning score, and you've just got to you just got to send. Uh, you start with Bolts for mine. I think you start with her and have done play potentially on Sheila or, or Emma King if she's deciding to stay back. Uh, sorry, stay deep as a forward and let the likes of Monaghan or Grider or even Conan or, or Campbell if they're going to play in there. Yeah, float float in as float in as the third up. They're a great. They do a great job. Cat Brisbane of supporting one another mm. down back, and as Doc mentioned, there they're, they're going to be rotating and <laughs> and working as a unit. So it's sort of I reckon it's going to be a battle of defenses. The the thing I wanted to speak about before is the ruck ruck yeah. battle. I mean, Tyler Hickey's been interesting this year, but Kim Rennie, I never thought I'd say it, and uh, you know she's been in somewhat decent form, and Emma King. So what happens there will be very interesting indeed. Yeah, um, King obviously will be rotating forward as she she always yeah. does, and like I said last time they met, she was a really important marking presence for them. Takes pressure off Randall, takes pressure off Sheila to um, get up in the air, but. Yeah, Hickey's tap work, I think, is yeah. still that bit better than, than someone like Rennie. And first use in this game, Doc, is going to be so important because these two midfields, as soon as you get the ball into their hands, if uh, if Riddell gets it, you know where it's going. Um, if Ali Anderson gets it, you know where it's going. Um, so, it's, yeah, first use is going to be a very, very massive uh, factor in this game, I think. Yep. Yeah, it's interesting when you look at the, um, especially the ruck numbers between the pair of the, between both. Um, uh, Hickey and Rennie, obviously, uh, the the thing that stands out is that Hickey attends more ruck contests. You know, she averages fifty six a game. Rennie only averages thirty nine point three. There's a bigger, uh, you know, a more fairer split between her and Emma King. Yeah, but Rennie almost averages the same amount of hitouts to advantage that, uh, as Tali Hickey does. You know, she Rennie averages five point eight, Hickey six point one, despite the fact Hickey averages twenty five to to sixteen. So. This is this is a big one for Talia Hickey because she, we know that she that she can go on the ruck for a long long time and and win her hitouts, but she's got to make them count. You know, yeah. you can't you can't just palm it down and let Jasmine Garner run onto it or or, or, or Mia King or Ash Riddell because that's that's where you're going to lose the game. Yeah, qual- you, you, quality of tap work will be the key, Doc, won't it? Yeah, and what the numbers are showing is that Hickey gets the hitouts, but it just doesn't sort of. They're not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> then, 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 she needs to have a big one because yes, six point one hitouts with advantage on more hitouts. Uh, on more mm-hmm. hitouts is a, is a worrying uh, is a worrying sign. I, I rate the tap work, but I think that has been yeah, like you say, Doc. One of the the reasons why she probably hasn't been in her best form this year compared to a few seasons past, where we thought she was going to become you know one of the the top five rucks in the the league. She's maybe dropped a bit below that standard this year, so. Um, there's any game to find that form again. Uh, it's in the grand final. Um, but I want to see, you know, we've talked about teams like Adelaide, Brisbane, Melbourne, getting a lot out of their role players. I think that's what North have to do this week. Um, yeah. Miller, Pull has been great in the finals. Gat playing in great form too. But, yeah, players like Eddie O'Loughlin, um, Erica O'Shea as well out of the back line, um, Amy Smith, assuming Neve Martin stays in this team, Um I just, you just want to see those one percenters from all of them. Um, Paul has done it well. Gat's done it well. Uh, O'Loughlin, when she's on, does it well. But just every single one of those players, uh, Eliza Shannon too, down back, another one yeah. who's uh, been contributing. Um, you need to see all of them doing that because for a lot of them, well, for all of them, really, basically every player in this team, 
Town, this is going to be the, the biggest game of their careers. Well, that's the big thing, Kat, is that we, we've talked a lot about the stars. They're all going to, I feel like, sort of nullify each other in a way how bloody good they are. Because um, it's going to be down to these role players, as, as, you, as Kat mentioned, Doc. I, I think that whichever group of that sort of mid to bottom six players on each list plays the best football they've ever played in their lives will get their team to win. And I think, I think that's... I think especially on North and O'Dwyer yeah. just is such a... O'Dwyer and Conway, and then you had Ellinger in, three of the best outside players of recent form, anyway, um, in the league. And so many of those young players, Doc, are uh, what North has to come up against them. So they've really got to have a big one here. Yeah, well, it comes on to the players like a like a Tess Craven or an Amy Smith or, yeah, like you said, an Eve Martin who's only just new to the caper. So, yeah, look, and on the other end as well, you've got players there, Pauga, Charlotte Mullins in his in, in her first finals, uh, first grand final as well, which is which is pleasing, and, and Lily Postlewaite as well, who I think has been a very underrated figure in that half-forward line. The Poss. Line, <laughs> the Poss. Get, get around her. So, look – you can tell it from both. You can see it from both sides, really. It's going to be those sort of players that get them over the edge, and uh, another player as well, like 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 an Ellie Hampson, who can really throw yeah. a weight around the middle and add another dimension I, into the, into the, into the stoppage battle. I need to see her used more throughout the middle, Doc. I don't. She's been wasted too much sitting in that forward line by Stars. Uh, it's the only one of the very few critiques I'll throw his way. <laughs> Ellie Hampson is a big body. Get her in the guts more. Get her in there more. Uh, Just get her in, get her in there more, and rob Dorsey of more minutes. <laughs> then Dorsey will go forward and kick three goals and win the bloody best on medal. How are we going to pick a winner? How are we going to pick? How a winner? are we going to pick a winner? That is a good question. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> I am going to say the Lions boys. Um, Margin three points. Oh. Um, uh, the more I think about it, the, the players I look at that are in form. Um, it's 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 difficult. It really is. But oh. the way the Lions have gotten the use out of these outside players, like Doc said, um, last week was such a difficult game for anyone who wasn't in the contest. And players like Orla, like Allinger, um, managed to really stamp themselves onto the game, even when it wasn't going their way. And I think they can do that again. Um, and best on Dorsey. Dorsey's taken the medal. Bang. <laughs> I tell you, I tell you what, she definitely earned her uh, final Sheila's medal uh, <laughs> if, she, if she has a game. If she has a game like last week, oh, it's so tough. My heart really wants North Melbourne to win because, first of all, give Ferg a premiership medal. Um, but I just think looking at Brisbane and how they've gone all the way up to this point, I think they've been more emphatic with how they've done it, and they've been more resilient in how they've done it. It's not saying North haven't. Uh, they've definitely been resilient, um, but I think Brisbane have been through that well many, many times, and I think they can, and I think they rely on that experience to get it done in this game. But geez, I just want to see North and Jasmine Ferguson get up. <laughs> I'm going to say Brisbane by three points. Jeez, oh, I'm going to go. Look, I think North. What they've done this final series has been different. It's been different to what they've done previously. The craftsmanship around the football, the work rate, the desire from game to game, they just look like it's their year. And and for that reason, I'm going to go north by two points and the medal. Um, I, I reckon Astrodale. 
I, I think she's had a stellar Ooh. finals campaign, but she's going to take it to another level on the big stage. But I'm, I'm going north, boys. I'm sorry. I don't want, I don't not want either of these teams to win. Two teams that are both very worthy to be in the big dance. Firstly, Absolutely. so so. I'd- yeah. Can, can, can we tip no team to win and for them to play forever? I'll, I'll say, boys, if Stars gets a second premiership, uh, he is established as the GOAT coach of the AFLW at the moment for me. I think he should already be. Um, I mean, he's gotten them there that many times, Doc, but if he finally gets another one... Michael Prize into the chat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nathan Burke sent a DM. You can, you can say, you know, he's gotten them, them there that many times, but two flags... Speaks for itself. Yeah, sure. Two flags from five grand finals is pretty is is still a pretty admirable achievement, all things considered. I don't think I I didn't mention my um, my best on grand prediction, but I think it'll go to Courtney Hodder. I Bang. think she goes. Ooh, I think she goes, She's due for a big she, one, Doc. I think she goes apeshit in this game. Jeez. <laughs> there you go. All right. Six, six two has twenty. Bang. <laughs> go and uh, how many tackles, Doc? Fifteen. Uh, we'll go. Ten. Ten, 10 tackles. All right, that is that is an absolute monster game. Uh, the tips are in. That's that's us done for this week, I think, boys. Oh, grand final. I cannot believe that it's here already. Seems like the season's gone by that bloody quickly. But thank you so long for listening to this huge episode with us here on A Three. Make sure you follow us across our social so you know when new episodes come out. A Three Footy Podcast, Facebook and Instagram at A Three Footy on Twitter, and of course our email A Three Footy at gmail We'll have the huge grand final review, of course, next week as well. And then the AFLW season's done. Uh, draft and trade around the corner, though, boys. There's still so much to come. We literally, as we say every week, footy doesn't stop. Oh. Uh, neither do we at A3. We won't. We won't. We can't. We won't. With all that said, I've been Alex Catalano. I've been Alex Miller. And I've been Alex Stockerty. The grand final is just days away. We cannot wait. Uh, wherever you're watching from, we hope you enjoy it. If you're a Roos supporter, can't North. If you're a Lions supporter, can't Alliance. If you're neither, just hope for a bloody good game. Just your wait and see, Jasmine Ferguson. <laughs> Come on, Emma King. <laughs> <laughs>